there's some things you can't control, but you can control how you react to it. And you can find one little thing at least that you can do that makes it better for you and for someone else. And by focusing on that, you feel much more empowered. You don't feel like everything is done onto you. You feel like you actually have choice. You have free will. You have the capability to to do something. It might not solve the big problem, but maybe it's something that can make it just a little bit better. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development, hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five P's. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock, and welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, I am delighted to have a strategy, leadership, and organizational development expert who specializes in helping people and organizations reach their highest potential. Welcome, Kristen Murphy. Thank you, Marcy. Happy to be here. We're so happy to have you here. You are, are an honorary Wolfpack, and I know you went to NC State too. Got some red blood there. So tell us about you. Give us the elevator pitch, my friend. Yeah, sure. So just speaking about schools, I, I started off at Colgate and I got actually my degree was in history and German. Never took one psychology course, but was always fascinated with psychology. Ended up going to NC State and pursuing a master's and PhD in industrial organizational psychology. I, I discovered that there was this whole area of psychology that focuses on people and careers and work behavior and actually how to help both individuals as well as the whole organization work most effectively and be successful. And that's essentially what I've pursued since that time. I spent half my career working within uh, different size organizations as more of an internal consultant, working with leaders, working with um, organizations, helping them with big change transformations. Um, and then I spent half my career actually as a business leader in the strategy side of things, helping organizations define and identify the most effective strategy for what they can do in the market and how to be successful. Um, and now I'm kind of focused primarily on using all of my experience to really help individuals and organizations uh, manage through change and transformation and um, you know, realize their potential and be successful. And, and I spend a lot of time helping uh, emerging leaders and students like yourself. I, I do a lot of work with a number of the universities locally. And of course, NC State is close to my heart since I spent so much time there. And I'm thrilled to be here uh, and working with the students today. Well, congratulations on that successful career, Dr. Murphy, I should say, because you worked very hard to get that PhD <laughs> and change transformation. We're all dealing with that today. Would love to hear a little bit about your personal life as well, because one of the things that we're all dealing with now are um, some uncertainties. And I think when this podcast actually goes live, it's going to be the start of 2021 um, when we're getting fresh and getting excited about a new year. Tell us what's going on in your personal life and any struggles you've had to overcome? I think for me, I think the big word that I've been thinking a lot about 
in the year 2020 has been resilience. And what's interesting is my family actually had a pretty difficult 2019 where we lost our beloved dog. My mother got very sick and my mother-in-law who was battling breast cancer um, lost her battle to cancer at the end of 2019. Um, so my family actually was really looking forward to um, some new things in 2020. Uh, we adopted a puppy right at the end of 2019, came into 2020 and it's just been, <laughs> now everybody is having a struggle. Um, and it's really brought me to think about resilience and how much um, we really need to work at being resilient, how being uh, positive is a lot harder a lot of times than than um, falling into the pit of negativity. So easy to slide there into there. And I think for me personally, it, it really brings back probably one of the most uh, difficult times I had where when I, when I think about resilience, I mean, the interesting thing about resilience, as much as we want to have resilience, to get resilience, you have to also experience a lot of challenge and tragedy. Um, and that's how you can really determine how to bring yourself up and what you need to do to do that. Um, as a young person, when I was 17, um, I was uh, very close to my dad. And we were actually at this time, it's kind of the same time that's going on in my own household with my children are one just graduated and started college and the other one is in his senior year. And at that same time, my dad was very involved as I've been with my children in planning their next steps. And suddenly in August, right before my senior year, my father collapsed and passed away from a heart incident. Um, completely shocked me, threw my world upside down. Um, and it really kind of made me realize that, you know, no matter how good you are, how a good student I was, a good person I was, bad things happen to good people. And I think it's a really difficult pill for all of us to swallow that. And just like we're seeing this year, there's so many things that are completely out of our control. And we wonder, why are we dealing with some of these things? Why do we have a pandemic? Why are some of these challenges facing us? And how do we get through it? And I think a lot of it is just looking for how can you overcome and what are those things within you that you can build as strategies? as approaches, as ways to kind of find those little bits of positivity and little bits of strength within you to move forward. And that story, just my heart sinks, you know, hearing, I'm sorry what you've gone through in 2019, and then going even back to when you were so impressionable as an adolescent to lose a person you love so much. That is, uh, I just can't imagine how you would bounce back from something like that. Can you take us back and, and tell us a little bit about some strategies that you use to go on? I think it's a combination of, um, I think one of the biggest things I did, um, kind of two things. One is, uh, for lack of a better word, mantra. <laughs> um, and the other two is um making sure that you take care of and feel your emotions. Um, and I think where mantra comes to play for me is I think I realized over time that, you know, bad things happen to good people and you just need to kind of move forward and push as hard as you can forward. So I had this mantra that I would tell myself is things can be really crappy, but just try to keep going forward. Things can get better. And I told myself that over and over and over again even though I didn't believe it for a long time, but I just had to find something. And the mantra really helped me kind of just keep moving forward because um, every day was a struggle. Um, and sometimes I would lie in bed at night and I would just think about, I would think I would hear my dad's feet, you know, walking up the stairs or, you know, I'd look out in 
the shopping center and think I see him in a crowd just because I was yearning to see him. So there was this pain and then there was this desire to push forward. And that's where my mantra helped me. I think the pain thing is important too. And I know a lot of us from time to time have felt pain this year, especially, and I've, I've seen it in my own children. There've been times that they're doing great. And then there are other times they, they just can't. Um, and that's okay too. And I think that's the other big thing that helped me is there were times when I just wanted to cry. And so I literally, uh, went into my family room and I know I'm dating myself, but the album by U2, Joshua Tree came out that year. And I would just put that album on and I would sit and I would cry and I would let myself cry because I think it's important to let yourself have that emotion. But then at the end of the certain song, I would tell myself, okay, I've let it out. Now I got to put that away and now I need to move forward. And so it's, I think the other key strategy, that third piece is balance um, and being aware of what your needs are every day and being aware when you sometimes need to cry and being aware when you need to tell yourself, okay, enough, we need to move forward and use that mantra, use that focus to keep pushing forward. I like that mantra idea, which, you know, like you even mentioned, you didn't believe it at the time, like things could be worse and I've got to move forward. But just saying it and putting that thought in your head starts to change you. And you realize that after crying through the song, you could then take a breath and move forward in your day. So if you were one of our students today going through a tough time, what kind of advice would you give to people about their own thinking patterns? I think it's interesting. I've been doing a lot of work, um, and this probably is because I'm interested in this from being a psychologist, but thinking about things from a neuroscience perspective. Um, and so one of the things that neuroscience uh, teaches you about thinking patterns is a lot of times, you know, there are these negative thoughts, these saboteurs, if you will, that infiltrate your thinking and maybe feed on your fears, feed on your perfectionism, feed on your, you know, desire to just avoid conflict. And at the same time, you have these needs to have a inner cheerleader within you as well that can kind of pick you back up. So from a neuroscience perspective, we have to be a bit more proactive and aware when these thinking patterns shift. And how you do that is kind of keep yourself a bit more balanced. And that's why it's really important to do, you probably all have heard about meditation or mindfulness. And some people have, you know, challenges with doing that. Believe me, I'm just kind of quieting my mind for a meditation is challenging. So that's why sometimes what's even helpful is shifting what your mind is focused on to gain some balance and gain some focus by doing things like simply like say you came out of a class and you just had, you know, or you, I know we're all online right now, but maybe you took a class and you had a bad, bad day with that class. Maybe a project didn't go so well or a test or something. Going outside for a walk and going on that walk, instead of letting your mind race about all the things that were troubling you and the worries, instead, really get your mind to focus on looking at the leaves on the tree, looking at the textures that you see, looking at the colors that are in that tree or in and around you, looking at the sounds that you hear, looking at how, you know, the, the wind feels against your skin, thinking about your breath. And those are just simple things, but it's all sensory. And by getting your mind thinking about this sensory um, components, as opposed to just getting into the analytical and logical brain patterns that we all end up being, helps us get a bit more focused. 
So then when that voice comes in that says, you did terrible today, you're not any good, you can say, I know that voice and that's a negative voice and I'm not going to listen to you and I know I can do better and I am worth much more than you're telling me. So it's almost like you can control how much those negative thought patterns infiltrate and focus on those positive um, thought patterns just by keeping yourself a bit more balanced. That mindfulness piece of advice is so important, like you said, to really be present, to to be in this space where we are right now without thinking about what just happened or what's about to happen. And I like that notion that you said about observing your thought. And, and I've often thought about it as, well, the negative thought is taking residence up in my brain. I'm evicting it. You're no longer welcome here. You had your time. Now you're not staying anymore. And I think some of these things are are just techniques people use. Another one I heard was a thought bubble where you just pop it and it goes away. Are there any other things like that that you've tried that you've ha- found to be really successful that I know people know that they're supposed to do these things, but when it really comes down to it, like some practical how-tos? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of it is just um, finding out I think a lot of it is finding out what your triggers are, as well as finding out what are those things that, you know, are most worry you. Like for me, for example, my two biggest things is just, I'm always pushing myself. Like achiever is one of my strengths. I'm always like, I got to do well. I got to keep pushing forward. And in some ways that's really helpful, but a lot of times our strengths in over excess can be challenging. Um, The other one that's big for me, and this is probably stemming from that traumatic experience I had as a young person is, you know, hypervigilant. I'm always kind of, there's a part of me that's always wondering when the sky is going to fall again. Um, and so I, I tend to like start to worry when one little thing happens and then I pile it on. So I think one is looking for our triggers. So if you tend to be, and there's a lot of other things that, that bring people down too, like I mentioned, like people avoid conflict, people can be a bit restless people, you know, there's lots of those triggers that, um, that can get you down this negative path. So I think one is identifying your trigger. Two is also understanding, you know, how to uh, find whatever bit of time um, you can to shift gears. And this is challenging, I said, because, you know, you might not have time for that walk where you can shift your brain. Maybe you have to go right into another class. But maybe if you take a few minutes and think about, you know, maybe there's either, you know, changing the thought pattern, looking at something around you, using some of your sensory, or maybe you have something like if you're taking, a lot of you are all taking your classes online, maybe there's something around you that is a, a prized possession that you have, that you got on maybe a trip somewhere that you can look at and kind of pick up and touch that kind of just shifts your gear a little bit from um, kind of the current maybe negative state or, or, or feelings that you're having at that moment. You know, that's very helpful to me too. Those are great ideas. And I know now that you have your puppy, you have a new uh, therapy animal in your life. And many of us in this class also love our animals because they calm us, just petting them and playing with them and reminding us. So this whole notion of the gift of life that we have, what do you think about that? And and what kinds of um, comments do you want to make to help people focus on that positive part that you got to after a really tough time? Yeah, that's great. So one one little thing I have to say is it's actually known through research that petting a dog or a cat 
is beneficial to the human as much as it is to the animal. It increases your oxytocin levels in the brain. So um, that's known fact. So <laughs> get it, get a get a fluffy animal to pet. Um, I think from a life perspective, it's interesting that that you just mentioned that. I, you know, many years later after I experienced that, I was I was working and in, in um, one of my supervisors. I don't know how it came up in conversation, kind of what I went through, and and she just kind of turned to me and she said, you know, you learn something at age seventeen about life that most people don't learn until they're 65 and they had a heart attack and they're lying in the hospital. And I said, yes, that life is precious and life is a gift. And a lot of times it's sometimes hard for us to see that life is a gift, but I think a lot of it is, you know, trying again. And, and I think this concept of, of um, understanding where those little gifts are in the, in the bad things that happen are really important because as much as it's really hard for me to say, oh, it was a gift that my father died, who was like the most important person in my life at that point in time. I think over time, just realizing that, you know, there's so much to life and there's so much life that I can live that he didn't get that that kind of propels me forward is kind of knowing that there's a lot that I can accomplish and the impact that I have on others. And I think that's really what what brings me to where I am today and what motivates me is I just enjoy having a positive impact on other people. Um, and that's really what I focus on. And at the end of the day, I think that's what helps me. I like that, Kristen, the fact that you're making such a big difference now. And this is uh, a process that you went through, like you said, feeling the feelings. When you are currently at a place where you're in that dark place and you're thinking about things that you can't change, what, what do you do to get yourself in that other space? You know, I think I always say to myself, this is probably another mantra. So I just ask myself the question, like, what can you do? And part of that is, and then maybe a little bit, some of you might know, like there's the, the old serenity prayer that talks about, you know, focusing on, you know, there's things that you can change and there's things that you can't change um, and knowing which ones you can. And I think that helps me a lot because there's some things you can't control but you can control how you react to it and you can find one little thing at least that you can do that makes it better for you and for someone else. And by focusing on that, you feel much more empowered. You don't feel like everything is done onto you. You feel like you actually have choice. You have free will. You have the capability to, to do something. It might not solve the big problem, but maybe it's something that can make it just a little bit better. That is helpful. I'm going to use that for sure. And I know just listening to your story is so inspiring. So as we move into our last question, we're going to go in the time machine and go 20 years into the future. And we're going to ask Dr. Kristen Murphy of 20 more years on the planet to give advice to you today. What do you need to hear today? I think what I need to hear today is don't sweat the small stuff. And that be true to yourself and true to others, and it'll be okay. That is that is so helpful. I see lots of head nods in the crew, and we're going to take that. Thank you so much, Kristen. You're welcome. It's been great being here. Thank you. Thank you.